Hi everyone, welcome to this new episode of the Players Lounge, the tennis podcast that focuses on the mental aspect of the game. My name is Jennifer Megan. I am a former professional tennis player and I launched this podcast because I wanted to create a space in which tennis players could find tools and solutions in order to improve their mental skills. But this podcast is not only for tennis players. It is also for parents and coaches whose ambition is to help their kids and players to reach their full potential. If you are a regular listener to the Players' Lounge, thank you so much for your support. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. And at the end of the episode, don't hesitate to subscribe, share this episode with a friend or family member. Leave comments and preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It will really help me to increase the podcast visibility and to grow the Players' Lounge community. If you're not on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Spotify, no worries. We can also listen to the episode on Deezer, Google Podcasts, Acast, and many more. 2021 is wrapping up and all we can say is what a, we, what a year it was for tennis. A lot of emotional matches, a lot of incredible games as we've just witnessed uh, during the ATP final in Torino. I have to say that I'm quite surprised that uh, Alexander Zverev won this tournament. Of course, he's been a, a great player for many years and always a serious con contender to titles. But I have to say that I didn't see that one coming. But actually, when you look back, yeah, I could have seen this one coming. That's why in this episode, I'm going to analyze how losing in the final of the US Open last year was not only a defining moment for Alexander Zverev's but how use that in order to uh, realize probably his best season so far. You will learn the five elements that he implemented mentally in order to have such a great 2021 season. Let's get started. First of all, match your actions with your ambitions. Alexander Zverev was always presented as the forefront of the so-called next-gen since his beginning on the ATP tour at the age of 16 in 2013. I mean, let's say, let's not deny it, the guy is super talented, very good. And one of the things that always, you know, always impressed me is how he used the experience of his older brother, Misha, in order to use it as is and was able to to develop very quickly and to be able to compete with the, the best players at a very young age. But after a while, you know, being presented at this tennis prodigy, I have to say that it seems like um, Sasha Zverev just rely on that and kind of let himself have the hook a little. And, um, yeah, for many years, of course, he was always winning titles, but it seemed that the other contenders, you know, in the, in the infamous, from the infamous next gen, such as Stefanos Tsitsipas or Daniel Medvedev, little by little surpassed him. 
And um, if, even the fact that he reached the final at the US Open last year, um, it seems that these two and, and others, um, such as Dominic Team, were a bit ahead of him. And I guess it was a wake-up call. Um, because let's face it, when you lose a, a Grand Slam final, when you're up to set to love, serving for uh, with a break, serving for the match in the fifth set, there's two options. You have players that will completely um, crumble and will never recover, or you just decide that to roll up your sleeve and go back again. And after losing that match, of course it was heartbreaking, but Zverev immediately said, I will be a Grand Slam winner one day. And it seemed that he went back to work. Uh, we haven't heard, you know, lately that uh, Zverev is, is slacking off, he's doing practice, that he's not training as hard as possible. Uh, things that we kind of heard, you know, from some of his former coaches, such as uh, Juan Carlos Ferrero, who now works with uh, another tennis prodigy, Carlos Alcaraz, who said that, okay, uh, the guy doesn't have such a great work ethic and etc etc and he has this reputation but it seems that um, Alexander Zverev has a very high quality is that he's able to uh, just brush off the naysayers and the critics and get back to work and to answer with results and again I'm not talking about you know is um, you know the allegations of uh, domestic violence and and you know this is another topic i'm really focusing on how as a player he approaches everything and he approaches the game and it seems that the more you critique him and the better he gets so that's uh, that's something that is quite interesting and his brother misha actually said this week during the atp finals that what if noticed is that his uh, little brother became more mature and maturity is something that is very important. So when I say that you need to to match your actions with the ambitions, is that that it's great to have ambition and to to want to win Grand Slam, to be top ten, to to be number one in the world. But your actions really need to match this on these ambitions. And what I mean by that is that when you decide that you want to be top 100, top 10, win Grand Slam, be number one in the world, that's wonderful. What are you putting into place in order to reach that goal? What uh, is your level of practice? What are the tournaments that you're going to play um, with your team? Uh, who is going to be your team? How are you going to pick your coach? Uh, what are the goals you're going to put together? How are you going to finance this I mean, I, I think that um, at the moment uh, we we are very excited to see. I haven't seen it yet, but I've read the book of uh, Richard Williams. Uh, and, you know, I hope everyone is going to go watch uh, King Richard. And one of the things that he mentioned in his book was that when he had that 78-page plan for his daughters, he also made sure that he was going to be able to finance the, um, the career of his daughters. And that's something that we don't, we, a lot of people don't know. They, they, of course, they came out from, from Kempton, but Richard Williams had everything, uh, you know, planned. So if the Federation, for whatever reason, was not going to finance the career or just cut off the, the money, he could do it. 
these are the things that when you have high ambitions, you want to make sure that you take care of. So that's the that's the reason why I say that um, one of the things is match your action with your ambition. And that's what I've been doing so far. Number two is uh, improve the shots that uh, will help you to to you know that will help you to to bring uh, major gains. What I mean by that is that, uh, especially at their level, it's all about the details. We hear that a lot, but I think that's you know at your level, uh, you can you can do that and have even bigger gains because it will show in in a better way. Uh, Alexander Zverev, one of Alexander Zverev's biggest problems was his serve. I mean, it, it was kind of weird to see how such a great champion had such a poor serve at times um being able to double fault like there was no tomorrow and we'd be like okay how is this guy who's really good i mean top top third top four in the world cannot serve and and we've seen uh, over the year you know 2021 how much he has improved uh, uh, on his serve. And that's something that is that is incredible that he put a lot of work to because one of the things that is very important is the three points, especially when you want to go deep in Grand Slams. You know how important it is to, to save as much energy because, of course, you, you're going to win those first and and first rounds. And even if you have to, to win five sets, you, you will at the end probably win. But... You will pay that in the quarters, in the semis, in the final, because you need to come fresh mentally. So that's why having three points and, and being able to, to ease up in the tournaments is something that that's why you need to have that shot. And that's why we've seen like all those players. I mean, Djokovic has improved his serve, although he was already number one, but we've seen how much he has improved his serve. Medvedev has uh, served like uh, like like a maniac during the final. I mean, his serve is incredible, and and Zverev was a bit lacking on that territory. And we've seen, like especially on his second serve, how much more precise and how aggressive he can he can get. Uh, again, his brother uh, Misha said that um, his second serve, you know, improved a lot, and then. You know, when his toss is on lock, I mean, then, then he's unstoppable. And we've seen he used to toss the ball super, super high. And, and we've seen and how how much more control he has over his second serve. And we've seen the results, how he was able to get three points. I mean, the best, the best example is that the match point against Medvedev in the final of the ATP finals was a second serve ace. I mean, what? And and that's uh, that's a great thing to see. So... Uh, and so that this is one of the things that he improved because he knows that he's going to have major gains uh, on his game. Then we then came the the coverage of court. Alexander Zverev is very tall guy. He's two is almost two meter um, uh, tall, and yet he covers the the court very very well. Uh, and that was very obvious during this match against Novak Djokovic when um he was not Djokovic was not able to find holes you know in the court during the match and uh and that that's something that really um was was um was striking to me because you could see Zverev like accepting you know the fight and just like running uh left and right and being able to really cover the court 
and that was just that was just one part of um, the improvement that he had in his coverage of the court on top of that he, he did a very good job in knowing when he had to to go from the back to moving forward and to be able to come to the net because we we've seen that you know in the past uh, there I've kind of had this a tendency to just stay on the court and waiting for the mistake. But we've seen many times during the, the tournaments and over the past months to be Alexander Zverev to be very uh, much more aggressive and to to be able to to come to the net so to finish to finish point. Um, that reminds me a bit of Andy Murray in 2012 when he first won the, um, the US Open and his first Grand Slam. Uh, there was a clear change. Uh, and he was again, uh, again against Novak Djokovic in the final. That he, he was more uh, willing to come and, and and come to the net. I mean, and especially Andy Murray has great hands, but he, he used to to stay and kind of hoping to win the battle um, from the from the baseline against Djokovic, which he wasn't winning. And uh, during that final, if you if you have a chance to see it, you can see that he's way more aggressive at times, and he, and he's able to to come and get those points. Which led me to the third improvement in the uh, in Zverev's game, which uh, which was his uh, his volley. I mean, uh, again, uh, it, it was kind of uh, uh, um, weird to to see that uh, a guy who's uh, winning Master the one thousand uh, was uh, top third, uh, top three, top four in the world could not volley because I doubt that really was the case. Um, and, and I'm not just being mean, like uh, just just watch uh, games. It was it was really weird to see how how poor uh, his volley was. He's still not um, Edberg or, or Federer at the net, but definitely he has improved at the net and he's way more comfortable. He's getting more and more comfortable. And again, that's why, because now that he's able to volley, he can his coverage gets better. So he's, he's not afraid to come to the net and we see that it has a major impact which leads me to the to the to the third point understanding when um when you are losing the right way and you are on the right track of course we often say that oh there's no such a thing as losing either you win or you learn okay but the truth is when we lose a match we are a bit upset and we tend to throw everything in the trash. Um, when sometimes it is actually um, a mistake because you sometimes lose in the right way. What I mean by that is that in some cases you might have a strategy during a match and still lose the game, but it's actually the right thing to do. And the reason why you lose is because you need to do it more with more conviction and to do it more often. It's not because it's the wrong thing to do. And the great example, again, it's Zverev against Medvedev during the round-robin. We've, we've, I've watched the match, and for those who've seen it, it was, it was kind of a, a surprise that Medvedev won that match because uh, during most of the match, Zverev was the better player, played better, seemed that he had found the, um, the tactic against uh, someone that he had lost four times in a row uh before that before that match in Rod Robin. Uh so but but it seemed that he, he he started to understand how to navigate and what to do against Medvedev. Uh, especially playing you know more towards the forehand of Medvedev, uh trying different things. And when we look at the stats uh between the Ron Robin and the final, we see that um 
he played the forehand uh i think it was 47 percent of the time during the, the round robbing and then he he went to 57 uh, percent of of shots towards the forehand of um of Medvedev, uh, and it's not the the you know, and we know that uh, Zverev back end is is his best shot, but then he accepted to to go in the in the forehand cross court diagonal with uh, with Medvedev because he, he understood that this was how it was going to um, to disturb him. Which brings me to my last point. Um, um, and before I bring the last point, so so sometimes you you will see that. Uh, you you need to um, to do the thing like but more in a, in a more uh, consistent and more aggressive way. It's not because you lose that everything is bad. You you just need to do it more and uh, with more confidence. So then to bring me to my last point, like I just said, uh, he made, uh, Zverev's game is uh, is based on his you know back end uh, cross court. It's very comfortable. It's very solid. Very consistent. And uh, that's how that's his that's his strong suit. And uh, I, I'm usually the, the first one to say that you should uh, play your strong suit. You know, you your your strong strategy, the things you're comfortable, and trying to impose that on your opponent because that's how you're going to win. Um, but in some cases, you need to, and that's the last point. You need to adapt a specific strategy to your opponent. And what I mean by that is that uh, it's not always about what you're doing well that you want to do, but what makes your opponent uh, tick and what it makes him or her uh, play worse. And uh, a great example of that was, um, again, Djokovic against uh, Medvedev in the final of um, the Paris Masters um, one week ago. What was interesting is that uh, we all know that uh, Novak Djokovic is, is great, you know, in the baseline and that's in the basis of his game. Uh, but it seemed that he was starting to lose this battle against Medvedev, who, who seemed to have figured out how to to manage to to keep, you know, that that to to win that battle. And um, so after losing the first set uh, at, at the Paris Master, Djokovic starting to serve and volley. Which is very odd because, uh, yes, uh, Djokovic has improved a lot uh, at his volley over the over the past couple of years, but that's not his natural. DNA, I mean, tennis DNA. I mean, not even a chance. Uh, uh, Novak Djokovic is not a serve and volley uh, player, but he understood that that was the tactic that was going to disturb Medvedev. And uh, he did it. He did it a lot. He served the volley a lot, especially in the in the dual side, uh, and being very aggressive. And little by little, it's starting to derail Medvedev's game. And we saw how efficient this was, and how he was able to to get the win at the end. Um, and uh, even people wondered why he played doubles. I think that you know Djokovic playing doubles in Bercy was kind of. Uh, a way to prepare for this match because he knew that this is what he needed to beat to beat him, and he was able to change very quickly. Uh, uh, as far as Verev, we we've seen that um, against uh, Novak Djokovic, he accepted the fight. He understood that yes, uh, Novak can play. 10, 15, uh, 20 shots per point, but so can I. And he was very able, and he was able to do it. 
and he and it was a very interesting stats during the match was that uh, every point that that go uh, be, that went beyond uh, nine shots was won at sixty or seventy percent by Zverev, which is uh, quite very surprising when we know how good he is. But he he was he accepted the fight, and which was very unusual because usually. Players don't want to to go nine twenty shots against uh, Djokovic because they know that uh, they, they don't stand a chance. But but uh, Zverev, thanks to his great court coverage, just accepted that and said, "You know what? Let's do it. We're going to go. We're going to play ten fifteen matches. Um, sorry, ten fifteen uh, shots per per uh, point. No worries. I'm here." And we saw that this was uh, definitely. Uh, uh, a problem for, for for Novak, who at the end seemed that mm, to have no other option. He tried to come to the net to shorten the um, the the points, but because uh, uh, Zverev is so good at uh, passing shots, it was not an issue for him, and and that's how he got the win. So that was something very impressive. And then in the final against. Uh, Against Medvedev, he was also able to to change and to be to be very aggressive. I mean, we we've seen him you know, really coming to the net, uh, taking his chances, not being afraid to to really push uh, Medvedev into put him in a very defensive uh, position. Uh, that something that he doesn't like, and he put him very uncomfortable. So he was really adapt. He was really able to to adapt um, both times. This. Um, his strategies to not to what he knows how to do, but what needed to be done. Um, and that's something that you want to do when you are uh, a tennis player and, and when you want to, uh, when you want to win matches, when you see that, of course, you need to come, uh, to come out on the court with your conviction and with your game and to really trying to, to present that, present that to your opponent. But when you understand that, okay, this might not work. You also want to look for options that might really um, put your opponent in an uncomfortable, com- um, comfortable position. All right, that's it for today, guys. I really wanted to take time to to analyze uh, Alexander Zverev's um, evolution over over the year. I think he he had a uh, a great season. I think that he was able to to show uh, big improvement in uh, in many territories, and that would be very interesting to see how he's going to come out at the Australian Open when he, I think, like now is is really really a serious contender for the title. If you like this episode, uh, don't hesitate to share it with someone, uh, with a friend, family member to subscribe, to uh, to leave comments and to, to say what you would like to, to hear on that podcast. And until next time, take care of yourself. Bye.